0: Beginning in verse one, so Colossians one one, um, remembering that uh, in this in this Paul was writing uh, to the church that he had he had not been at before, and he was trying to um, encourage them, trying to strengthen them to uh, seek after Christ only. Don't be drag drug off to the side by some other doctrine. Um, added on to Christ and so uh, we are in the first part of this book we see Paul's prayer and so we are going to be looking at praying for other believers. So from Colossians chapter one let's begin reading in verse one. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. Grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. As it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly as we come to Your Word. We ask that Your Spirit would open our eyes, that we might see the, the truth here, that You would open our hearts, that they would be sensitive to uh, the leading of Your Spirit, that they would be... Um, usable, to that they would be pliable in your hands to be formed into what you desire. Lord, uh, we we ask that you would, um, through our time together, that we would learn how to pray for one another more effectively, that we would see uh, the importance of it, that we we would see uh, what your word says about it clearly, and that we would apply it. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can open it up now and we we give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. So we see here uh, in the beginning of this letter to the church that uh, Paul is praying for them. And so we want to look tonight of praying for other believers. But before we look of how to pray for other believers, we want to start out by looking. Why don't we pray for other believers why don 't we pray for our brothers and sisters? well, first of all, maybe you have said, maybe you have thought, maybe you 've heard somebody else say well i don 't have the time i don 't have man i am I have so many things i have, I have so many things going on i 'm so busy i don 't have the time to do that well, first of all, we need to point out that that is a lie that is a lie that is something that we have uh We have come up with to try to make us feel better the reason we're not praying for others. The truth is, we don't pray for others, not because we don't have time, but because we have other things that we think are more important. So if you are not praying for your brothers and sisters around you today, it's not because you are too busy although you may be extremely busy, it is that we do not see the importance of it. So we we are too we we come up with excuses. Oh, I don't have time to do it. I have other things that I need to do. One of the main reasons that we don't pray for others is because we are too focused on ourselves. This kind of goes along with not seeing with having other things that are more important. We are too focused on ourselves. We are worried about our own problems. We are, if we do pray for somebody else, it might be for a family member. Um, When is the time that you actually find yourself praying for a brother or sister in Christ? Normally, it's when something extreme has happened, right? right? Something drastic. Uh, maybe a health problem that all of a sudden popped up and you get the column and Oh, man, that is terrible. I need to pray for them. Yes, you should pray for them. But it should not just be we pray for one another when something drastic has happened. Maybe not as many drastic things would happen if we were praying for one another. But because so often we are too focused on ourselves, we don't take the time to pray for others. Part of the problem might be we are too focused on ourselves that we don't really know them. It's it's hard to have an effective prayer life for someone if you don't really know the person. That's one of the reasons why we encourage you to have the penguins into your house. If you have them into your home and get to know them, you will remember more more often. Hey, remember the penguins when they were here with us? We need to pray for them. I think part of the problem is we don't pray for one another because we don't really know. Well, I don't I don't know what that person needs. I don't know what's going on because we are too focused on us and not on others. But then we don't pray for our brothers and sisters because we would never say this. But deep down inside, maybe we think it doesn't really do much anyways, does it? Now, I know we would never say that. But by our lack of prayer, we are showing, well, does it, they don't really need my prayer. I mean, they'll be fine without it. They aren't dependent on my prayer. Now, when something drastic happens and, and you get a call or maybe somebody mentions in church, hey, pray for us. We are going through a difficult time right now. You say, man, I know these people need my prayer. I am going to be faithful and praying for them as I said, yes, they do. But we all on a daily basis need the prayers of others. The spiritual warfare that is going on, we need others to be praying for us. Turn over to Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. Part of this of of not praying because, I mean, they don't really need it is comes back to unbelief of nothing's going to really change. Anyways, I've prayed for them and and nothing really happened, but look in Jeremiah 33 and verse three, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, which you do not know coming before God, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. You know, I think We don't see the revival taking place in our country. We don't see the revival taking place in our church because we are not asking God. We ask him, oh, help this person. Oh, help that person. But what are we really praying for them? So hopefully we can see what we should be praying for them. But one last thing why we don't pray is uh, just to put it simple because we are disobedient. It's been commanded that we should pray for one another. In James it talks, you know, pray for one another. In Paul's, Paul's letters we see, we are praying for you, we are praying for you. The, the early church knew the importance of prayer. And so, to put it simply, we are disobedient. So, here in Colossians chapter 1, we want to look at what Paul prayed for these believers at this church. And what we should be praying for one another here. well, We must start out with, we should give thanks for them. In verse 3, he says, we give thanks to God for you. It is always a good idea to start out by giving thanks. In our prayer time earlier, we started out by giving thanks, by praising God. You know what? In praying for someone else, it's a good idea to give thanks for them. Lord, I'm thankful for this person. Remembering that God created them. He put them in this church. He put them in your life. And so stopping and saying, God, I just want to give thanks. You have put them here. Even if it's someone that maybe you wonder, Lord, why did you put them in my life? Yeah. Seems like every time I come in contact with them, it's some difficulty that's taking place. Well, maybe he's trying to teach you a lesson there. So stopping and giving thanks. Lord, thank you for this person. Thank you for putting them in my life. Thank you for what you're doing in their life. And remembering that God loves them just as much as he loves you. You know, if we would remember this wherever we go here in church, When we leave and go different places this week, that when we see somebody, if we would remember, you know what? God loves that person just as much as he loves me. It would completely transform our view of others. So giving thanks. God desires to bless them through your life. And God desires to bless you through their life. But if we are focused on self, if it's about me, hey, I'm coming to church, I'm, I'm coming to sit down and sing a couple songs, uh, listen to the preaching, and then I'm going home. No, church is much more than that. It's a body. God desires to use others. So first, start out by giving thanks for them. But then let's look down in verse number nine. And Paul says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So pray for them that they would know God's will. Pray for them to know God's will. And it says in wisdom and spiritual understanding, the the way that we know God's will is through his word. So as you are praying for them, Lord, I, I pray for Joe this week, that he would know your will. What you're praying is, Lord, I pray that Joe, as he comes and gets in your word, that, that it would be alive, that he would know your will. Not only for his life uh, right now and guiding his life, but that he would have godly wisdom to be able to see right from wrong. So in praying for someone that they would know God's will, it's praying that they would know the word of God more. That's how we know the will of God is through his word, that they might know the word of God more and that they would have godly wisdom, able to see right from wrong. Look around our world today and there is mass confusion of we can't even decide if there is right and wrong. You know, we can't. Well, I can't say that's right. I can't say that's wrong. So praying for your fellow brother and sister, Lord, help them to know your will. That's what Paul was praying for them here. Help them um, to be filled with the knowledge of your will in wisdom and spiritual understanding. Then he goes on and he says um, that they would know your will and that they might be strengthened with all might. That they might be strengthened with all might so that they would know your will, that they might walk worthy of the Lord now to walk worthy of the Lord and to be pleasing to him. So God in in this that Paul is praying is not just that they would know God's will and that they could sit there. And I am so thankful that I know God's will and relax in the fact that they know it, but that Because they know his will, they might live in a way that is pleasing to him. So living in a way that is pleasing to him. You know, we should we should never take joy in finding out that someone is living in a way that is not pleasing to God. We should never take joy in that. And we should always pray for believers or unbelievers that they would. Walk worthy of the Lord. If you pray that for an unbeliever, what are you praying? You're praying that they might come to know Christ in salvation. But pray that they would, your brother and sister in Christ, walk worthy of the Lord and be pleasing to him. Then he goes on and he says, um, do not cease to pray that they might be filled with knowledge of his will in wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, being fruitful in every good work. That the good works that they are doing, first of all, there have to be good works that are being done, but that they would bring forth fruit. Um, right now is harvest time and, and farmers are finding out how much fruit is being brought forth from all of their work, uh, we um, six or seven years ago purchased a coffee tree and a coffee tree apparently you can grow them in your house, and if they 're in your house they don 't get that big and so for six or seven years now we've we 've had this coffee tree just kind of for fun just because it 's kind of cool to have a coffee tree and we knew that it said it takes four to five years before it will produce any fruit. Well, it's been six or seven years, and we've had one bloom on it, and it didn't produce anything. And it's getting to the point where we're like, you know, this is kind of nice to have around, but it's, it's, about, it's about this tall, and we're getting tired of bringing it in every winter. What? There's a little bit of frustration there because it's not producing anything. It's not. It's not doing anything, and so Paul prays, "Pray for one another, and we pray for you that you would be fruitful in good works." Um, in Ephesians two, a verse that we shared this morning, we are His workmanship, created unto good works. So are we were created unto good works. Um, so as you pray for others this week, as God brings to mind, and I know he will, hey, uh, pray for them. Pray for that as they go about their week this week, that they would look for opportunities to do good works. And that as they do, that they would be fruitful, that it would bring everlasting fruit. He goes on and he says, be fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Now think about this. If we all drew names this week and prayed every day, Lord, I pray for Kelly that today he would increase in the knowledge of you. Man, what a wonderful prayer. Uh, what a wonderful thing to have people praying for you. That our knowledge of God would be increased. This is done, once again, by being a student of the word. By knowing that just like in knowing God's will by seeking him through his word. But then it is done by being obedient to his word. So it's not just being a student. It's then obeying what you are reading and then putting it into service. So it's starting out by being a student of the word. And then that takes you into, okay, now I'm putting this into practice. I'm, I'm being obedient and then it says, I'm, I'm putting it into motion. I'm going to serve the Lord with what I have understood from his word. How many of you can acknowledge and can agree that when you've had to teach something, you study it a lot harder than if you were just casually reading it. You get a lot more out of it. Um, just like in the songs we sang this morning um, in studying for this morning's message, you know, I, I could relate to the songs where you hadn't heard the message yet and maybe didn't get some of the truths that were there. Why? Because I had I had been thinking about it all week already. And so then the songs were, oh, yeah, there's that. Oh, yeah, there's that. So to increase, pray for them that they might increase in the knowledge of God, being a student of the word, obeying the word and then serving the Lord. But then pray for them. That they might uh, increase in the knowledge of God, increase in the knowledge of God and then be strengthened to do what is right, strengthened to do what is right. You know, the enemy would love to get in, take away any strength that you have that desires to do right. So n- pray for them that they would know the power of the risen Lord. And doing his will, not for their own behalf. And Paul didn't say this, that you might be strengthened to do what is right so that you can show how powerful. No, the power was not so that they could show what they could do. But what what did he say that they might show patience and and long suffering with joy? Because where does that come from? Where does joy come from in the midst of trials? It doesn't come from us. It comes from knowing God. So he's saying pray for pray for each other. And we pray for you that you might be strengthened to do what is right. That your strength in following after God would not be weak. But then one last thing. Pray that they might be faithful till the end. Pray that they might be faithful till the end. You know, somebody that has been faithful to God, walking with God all their life, you know, until they are in his presence, it is a battle. It is a fight. And um, as as I said, our, our enemy would love to destroy any testimony. And so pray that they might be faithful till the end. Paul prayed for this and it says that he prayed uh, fervently or they did not cease in praying for these believers because they knew the battle that was going on. So my question for you tonight is how much time do you devote to praying for other believers here? How much time do you vote? How much of a priority is it? Do you pray if you do pray for them? Do you pray more for their Physical well being. Lord, I pray that you would bless them, keep them safe, uh, help them to stay healthy. There's nothing wrong with that, but it is so far more important that you pray for their spiritual well being. We need each other. God designed it that way. We may not think we do, we may act like we don't at times, but we need each other and we need to be praying for one another. We are going to take time right now to. To go to prayer...